Acquisitions Anonymous, episode number 200. Michael here, uh, one of your co-hosts. Today, three of the four of us went through and went through five of our most favorite clips uh, from our first 200 episodes. Uh, took, Took things we learned from them and reflections on the moments we did over the past few years of doing 200 of these episodes. And uh, we'll play the clips and talk about them a bit. Uh, We miss Bill today. He is out in Italy having a fun time with his family. And so you only get three of us, but uh, it was a fun time no matter what. And he'll be back soon. So uh, here is the episode. Thanks to all of our sponsors, cloudbookkeeping.com, Acquisition Lab as well. And uh, we had a ton of fun with this one. And I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. This episode is sponsored by Acquisition Lab. Acquisition Lab, created by Walker Deibel, author of Buy Then Build, How to Outsmart the Startup Game, is an accelerator with a highly vetted cohort-based educational and support community for people serious about buying a business. After going through the lab's month-long intensive, you have ongoing access to almost daily Q&A sessions with advisors, regular live deal review forms with Walker, hand-picked vendors for your deal team, and a very active Slack group with other searchers on this path. Our team personally understands how to buy a business and will help navigate all of the complexities of the process, as well as provide a trusted framework, tools, and resources to support you from search to close. The Acquisition Lab recently celebrated the 70th business being acquired and well over $100 million in aggregate transaction value. The lab is there to stand by your side so you can take the right action at the right time and avoid wasting countless hours trying to go it alone. For more information on the lab, check them out at acquisitionlab.com, there's a link in the show notes, or email the lab's director, Chelsea Wood, at chelsea at buythenbuild.com. And that's chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, at buythenbuild.com. All right, special day today. It's our 200th episode. And in true Acquisitions Anonymous fashion, we are recording this after we've already recorded episodes 201 through 208. But this was the first day we could get organized enough to actually do this special episode. So uh, Mills, Heather, great to see you both. Great to see you. So good to see you. I didn't get the memo to wear red, but please, next time, guys, let me know. (laughs) The coordination was important here. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> uh, in true acquisitions no anonymous, in true acquisitions anonymous fashion, I also had the idea to get us like little funny birthday hats and stuff like that, and then proceeded to do no work on it whatsoever. So that's why it's just a normal episode. <laughs> but okay, so here's the idea: I worked with Ty, who's producing the podcast now, and he went through all 200 of our episodes, and he came back with the five most interesting clips. And so we're going to do a retrospective today. Uh, we're gonna. The editor is gonna interlace in these clips, and we're gonna talk about them and go from there. And uh, and I'm also supposed to do an ad read mid episode. And y'all's job is just one thing: remind me not to forget to do the ad read because it's about cloud bookkeeping, our longest running, most badasses sponsor, and Charlie and his team for being with us. So anyway, that was the first ad read. <laughs> I guess I'll, I need to do another one. Yeah. So okay, so okay, you guys cool with this format? All right. Love it. So we're going to start with this very first clip, and it's from episode 142, one of my favorites, titled, Should We Buy This CrossFit Gym? These are stock photos. Um, you know, it all, it's always funny to me when there's a health-oriented business for sale, and mm-hmm. their reason for selling is health reasons. Uh, you know, like not, not that that shouldn't be funny, but it's always kind of funny to me when I look at it, I'm like, oh, like it is, it is what it is. 
Look, okay, so I have the first comment about this clip. I want to. I'm going to have a talk with Ty about. He picked a clip where I look like a total jerk. <laughs> like it's just not very nice. But anyway, go ahead. What do you What do you guys think about that? And it also it surprises me how popular that CrossFit gym episode was. Like it it did really well, fifteen or twenty percent mm-hmm. above our normal download. So anyway, I'll shut up now. You're right, though. I mean, the ironies that present themselves when we look at these deals are sometimes very glaring and very comical. Um, I mean, you hate to see it, right? Who knows what health health reason this person had? It probably is not, you know, that they were morbidly obese in the CrossFit <laughs> community. But yes, the, it, it hits on the fact that you always have these things, right? It's like, you know, hey, it's a, you'll see people say, no, it's totally passive ownership. I work 10 hours a week. And it's like, why are you selling the business? I want to spend time with my family, you know, or I want to spend more time on my other business interests. And it's like, well, 10 hours a week is pretty good. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. that was uh, a good one. Cool. Any, any thought from you, Heather? You, that was before you joined the podcast. So that was, it's, uh, it's always fun to look back at the, at the older episodes and the ones that I've heard before, but that, that is a funny one. And, you know, I, I always just wonder if they're telling us the truth about why they're selling, because I, I get deeper into the deals as a lender and I sort of find out hints that that wasn't really true, you know, and uh, that I always find funny because I'm skeptical when I read what the reason is, the first reason. It was super interesting when we sold our coffee business and we had a first meeting with the seller or with the buyer and they were like, why are you selling the business? And I like told them the truth. I was like, this is a good business. It's just, we're not the right owners for it. And like, everybody was kind of blown away. Like I just told them straight up the truth and it was like a valid reason. Like, look, it just, it doesn't align with our dreams of what we want to do with our lives and moved on. And uh, mm-hmm. like the broker was like, huh? <laughs> right. That's not how this thought. goes. We start out with some different weird reason and people figure it out later on. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. All right, cool. Let's move on to this next clip. Um, this is from episode 80, which as we go look at like our top, top five episodes of all time. This is actually number two, I think. Number one is number one. It's the one with Pratik. And it's number one by a large margin because some bot keeps downloading all the episodes. But anyway, don't worry about that fact. Um, But this was a great one uh, with our buddy Joe Cassandra uh, from episode 80. And here is the clip from how one tweet led to one SMB acquisition, episode 80. Okay, I want to read the tweet uh, that inspired me to reach out to you. Uh, and you, this is basically the story. And you, you wrote, how we bought a business in 2021. Uh, a favorite account of mine, Real Estate Trent. So it's at Real Estate Trent on Twitter posted about there are still deals on LoopNet. You got on LoopNet five minutes later. You found an amazing deal. You called the seller and you bought it 40 days later. Uh, and since then, you've dealt with a bunch of stuff. <laughs> what do you guys think? it's pretty cool, right? I mean, I forgot about LoopNet myself as far as once you get out of sort of the real estate, uh, you know, end of things, you you don't think about LoopNet anymore. I think that's pretty cool that someone got the idea and found something. Yeah, 100%. I think it's cool because, you know, everybody, you have to do, you have to cover all your bases. The table stakes of looking for a business is, you know, you do cold outreach, you meet with all the brokers, you talk to CPAs, you talk to lawyers, like you do all the things. And you never really know exactly what's going to hit or why or when. And some people look for two years for a business to buy and, you know, they they come up empty. And Joe looked for five minutes and he came up with something. And I know that's the short version of the story. And I think, though, it it brings to light the fact that um, you don't necessarily know, like, you know, when luck is going to strike. And also, probably more importantly, you don't really know, um, you know, post-close 
like the, the dynamics are going to present themselves and you could be picky, right? Most people are probably too picky. I have friends who've looked for businesses to buy for, you know, five, six, eight years. And they're like, I still can't find anything. And at the end of the day, you know, there is something to say for the deal that gets done. Yeah. You know, it may not be the perfect deal, but it's a deal that got done. And could it have been better? Could you have waited for a better opportunity? Absolutely. But in this case, you know, uh, Joe isn't like regretting his decision, you know, and and all the bumps and scrapes and bruises along the way. But kudos to him for just ramrodding it and getting it done. Yeah. And it's just that bias to action that really helps people like Joe, right? They just like go for it and make it happen. And it helps that he's like super smart and articulate and, you know, and has grit to him. So, you know, kudos to him. And, you know, for all of us, like recording the podcast and pooping on deals over and over again, like King Pooper here, uh, that's me. But like, it's, 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 it's a fun reminder to see and to celebrate guys like Joe and any seller or any buyer who like makes a deal happen. You know, that's, that's why there's this like funny thing on, on like social media where people are like, don't, don't celebrate fundraises. Don't celebrate XYZ. I'm like, dude, do you know what percentage of those actually close? Like it's a miracle. Like deals actually get done. So like anybody that says you shouldn't celebrate that stuff, just like to me, hasn't done enough real world stuff. So uh, deals getting done, like there's a lot of, they die all the time, all the time. And what about the notion that you can just get great ideas from Twitter, just out of the blue? They Someone interjects something, you have a different yeah. train of thought, you're working in something else, and all of a sudden you read something and go, oh, hey, that works great for what I'm doing. I, that happens to me all the time. That's what I love about Twitter. Yeah. That's a great thing. Except for all the stuff I hate. But anyway, well, yeah. okay. Let's <laughs> I almost quit Twitter two weeks ago. I was like, I don't I think know, I can do this You're anymore. having a rough time. I'm, I'm back, baby. I'm right. good to go. We'll coach figured, you through it. It's going to be okay. I figured out everything. Well, it was really funny because like I posted this thing. I was like, oh, I don't think I could do Twitter anymore. Like it's making me sad. I don't like where the platform's going. It requires like all this controversial stuff and you have to be death threats. Like I'm just not interested. And then like somebody DM'd me like four hours later and was like, oh man, do you want to just talk through this? Like I've gone through the same thing. And I was like, no, no, I've already gone through all five stages of grief and I have a plan. <laughs> like I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like five hours, I was back to normal. So you even do perfect. grief quickly. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooda loops, man. Ooda loops. Okay, live read time. So we were talking about some of our best episode clips. I want to talk about my favorite number one advertiser, uh, and it is Cloud Bookkeeping. So pulling them up on the screen, they have been our most consistent supporter since like day one. When I met Charlie, who owns the company, who's my neighbor, took me out to lunch, bought me lunch, like great guy, and like just has been a consistent supporter. And I think it's been a great partnership for us. And so, you know, I pulled up here their website on the screen. You know, if you have definitely heard me go through and say the advertisement for Cloud Bookkeeping, because they advertised a lot and are still advertising with us and we love them. So they're at cloudbookkeeping.com. They're located here in San Antonio. If you need bookkeeping services and you want to just focus on your business, call them. And, uh, you know, anyway, we're very thankful for them. And also, like, their website looks really good now. I'm impressed. Yeah, he's updated. It looks really good. You got to say, consistency is probably the trait that you, you know, would most want to prioritize in your bookkeeping service. You don't want the best sales guy. 
You don't want the best business development person. You don't want the most creative CPA who's willing to just play in the gray and get you in trouble. Consistency. So, Charlie, big thanks for being consistent for us. And the other thing I like about this website, which I wanted a bookkeeper, I want somebody that worries about the details. There's a lot of details on this website. Like, there's some good stuff here. Mm-hmm. So, kudos, kudos to them. And uh, yeah, thank thank you, Charlie. And please uh, go spend money with Charlie. <laughs> that's our that's our ask. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to move on to another clip? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Here it is. I'm not going to lead into this one. I want you guys just to watch it. And then I'm going to quiz you as to why we chose this clip. You're used to making, you know, I don't know, like they list all these different things. But if you're used to making, you know, FDA approved drugs and you have to have small, very, very small quantities of lubricant in your manufacturing process, you try not to change those things if you don't absolutely have to, because you could make bad batches of pills, you know, just because you switched your lube. Yep. Yep. Uh, so the other thing too, that could be the huge mode on this business is whoever manufactures the lubes, maybe they've got an exclusive territory, you know, depending on their contract. And this could be, this could be the greatest risk or the biggest moat or both in this business, right? If they have one supplier of lubes and they've got like a protected territory or like that contract is really hard to get, or there's 10 years left on it, or, you know, there could be a real strong moat in that contract. Or there could be no mode at all and just a bunch of risk if, you know, they'll sell to anybody off the street and can cancel a contract at any time. Uh, so that, you know, sourcing these lubes for any distributor, sourcing the things that you distribute and understanding where they come from and how secure that supply is would be critical. Yeah. All right. I have another wager for you. Since we've already bet two Chili's gift cards, I will double or nothing. Double or nothing. That, double or nothing that at least half of the people in this company speak Spanish fluently and at least half of them understand Latin American culture. Very well. Oh, like this is not owned bet. by, there's not, because look at, I mean, here's very interesting. The largest economy in South America is Brazil. That's only, and they speak Portuguese. That's only 14% of their market. Mexico, Colombia, and all these others, they all speak Spanish. Some better than others. Right, Mirko? Okay. All right. So I was think we chose that, that clip. <laughs> you guys. Did Ty choose that clip because of the number of times that we said <laughs> yeah, as a as a Heather as a 12 year old boy in a 48 year old man's body like I'm just shocked I wasn't laughing the whole I went back to middle school watching it you know I was laughing every time you said it you guys were so serious and you're really you were conveying all this really important information all I was doing was laughing (laughs) Bill's like I think that I think at some point in that episode, Bill and I were having a very serious, you know, analytical discussion. And then Michael just made some off the wall, you know, 12 year old comment. I'm pretty sure if I remember right. Oh, my goodness. I I mean, I'm just shocked Bill managed to say lube like 18 times in one sentence and nobody cracked up. And I was just like, oh, this is great. You guys were deadpan. It was serious, but I was laughing. (laughs) Good times. Unintentional humor. Unintentional humor. Okay, um, here we are going on with the next clip. And this is from, oh, by the way, the previous clip was from an episode titled, The Guys Get Excited by a $20 million a year lubricant exporter in Houston. <laughs> it's like, even our titles are like a 12-year-old boy with title stuff. So, okay, anyway, uh, the next clip is how to break into private equity. Uh, and it is from episode 168, and it's Bill and I talking. So here's the clip what I've tried when I've kind of partnered with other people who are doing searches and stuff is they'll say like, well, my partner has done this, this, and this, and that's helped. Um, but even still in some markets where they're like, look, if you haven't done a deal in this space, like um, you're wasting my time. 
uh, it's very difficult. Like we've just been told, no, like we're not going to talk to you, for example, like a lot of the financial services or manufacturing stuff. They're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking to you until you've done one deal. So that chicken and egg problem is very difficult. So I don't know if you've figured out how to solve it. So I have a couple tips for folks because I've dealt with a lot of business brokers uh, from easiest to hardest. Uh, let me see if I can get this the right order. So from easiest, do not e- email business brokers from your Gmail account. <laughs> Buy a domain. I mean, I know you're laughing, but like this is basic stuff, right? You know, buy a domain. It's nine dollars. Uh, throw up a website on that domain. Uh, it doesn't have to be fancy. Uh, just with a little bit of information about, and, and it's not about you. Like if it, the website just like your LinkedIn page effectively translated, that doesn't work. Try to look like a firm. Try to look like somebody who has an investment thesis. Uh, and hopefully the business you require about fits the thesis that's on your website. So don't email from your Gmail, buy a domain, email from that domain. And then the first thing the broker is going to do is click on your email signature and look at your website. Make sure the website, it can be short and sweet, doesn't need to be super complicated. It just at least mentions your investment thesis and that should overlap with the businesses that you're inquiring about. Um, the other thing the broker is going to care a ton about is whether you have committed capital. Um, because they do not want to waste their time on, you know, Johnny search fund who, you know, wants to buy this business and is bidding with money he doesn't have, and then has to go back to his LPs and then the LPs veto the deal or tell Johnny he can't pay that price or whatever, right? There's just a recipe for a broken process. So brokers and sellers want to know that you have the checkbook, even if it's not money in the bank, that's the best. Next best is we have committed funds. We feel as though we can close in X days. All right. That was a classic. So serious, serious clip. Yeah. This time. Classic Bill there was rant. No, there was no poking fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't use the word loop, which is like all we needed. That was good. Sorry. Midway through, I thought you were leaving. I thought that was going to be the punchline of that clip was that you just walked off mid mid rant from Bill. Um, but it was your it was your uh, stand up desk being made into a stand up desk. So to me, I think this clip, I love that we chose it because I think it's what makes this the magic of this show happen, which is like those are things that rarely or never would get talked about in anything else, any business textbook you're going to read, any YouTube clip, any tweet, because it only comes up in context of when you're really talking about doing a deal, right? And that's the magic, I think, of what this format creates. And that is a perfect example of that. Like nobody even knows to really ask that or think about it on a podcast. But because like we're talking about like this particular real world challenge, it becomes super valuable and interesting content. And you we entertain you first and you're going to learn some stuff along the way. And to me right there, that is the magic of why you take all of your devices and subscribe them to download our podcast every single time when it comes out and turns on notifications. Anyway, that's my commercial for the magic of what we do here. Yeah, it was great advice. That is good and practical. It turns, that's what we try. It turns out Bill really knows what he's talking about, including, which was said by some guy on YouTube. He's like, could we just get rid of Girdley and have Bill talk the whole time? <laughs> I was like, oh man. <laughs> Haters. Which we're missing Bill. He's in Italy. And we, we tried to hold out and do this with him, but yeah. he had more important things to do. Thanks, Bill. Arriva Dirce, Bill. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, any, anything else there? Otherwise, I'll go to our, our very last and number one clip of the show. All right. Here it is uh, from, and I believe this is just you and me together, Mills, uh, from the uh, episode titled $8.5 million ski resort for sale. And nobody else cares about this mountain. 
Like, why didn't Vail Corporation buy it? Why didn't any of the other folks buy it, especially during these zero interest rate kind of phenomenon years? So that's kind of your first red flag. And you want to understand, like, oh, why didn't a classical operator go ahead and buy something like this? And maybe because the snow sucks (laughs) or it's too far away. I think let's talk about revenue, though, in in these types of businesses, because you mentioned ticket sales, which is the obvious one, because it's it's a it's kind of sticker shock. But the way that these folks monetize professional owners, and I mean, probably even mom and pop owners, but just to a lesser degree, the streams of monetization are fascinating. And they're almost like you have all the power, you have all the leverage right in, you know, in these ski villages over controlling food, controlling alcohol distribution, setting rent, right, for the retail and everybody Mm -hmm. who else wants to be there. HOA fees are phenomenal in areas like this because, you know, you it, what are people going to do? They can't go anywhere else. And it's a, you know, it's a condominium scheme of ownership a lot of times on these, you know, townhomes and different things that get built. Not to mention anytime new stuff is coming out of the ground, they mention they have a, you know, a master developer agreement with the county. They're able to fee off of so many different types of things. Man, I was really hoping this clip, when I saw the title, I was really hoping it was going to be the argument that you and I had on this episode, Michael, about. Uh, whether or not this business is actually making money because you still owe me, I think it was a gift card to your favorite establishment. I'm pretty sure you owe me a hundred bucks. This is what I think this was the moment Heather where Mills turned against me and decided Chili's was a place he was not going to patronize ever again oh. in his life. And I said, I want a hundred dollar Ruby Tuesdays. Oh, our relationship has Ooh. never been the same. That's fire. <laughs> never been the same. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, and I think you did this, Heather, in your career as a banker and now doing what you're doing on the loan side, like, um, like this is where like this muscle of digging in and truly understanding the dynamics that make a business work or not work is what Mills is doing there, right? And yeah. those of us that had entrepreneur parents, like I grew up doing this, like around the dinner table, we're talking about stuff. We go to Disney World, like my parents are like showing all the economic factors going on and talking (laughs) about them, doing that mental math underwriting. And I think to me, that's the other magical thing that kind of happens here. And especially for people that didn't have that growing up or don't have it now. Like, I love that about our show. Yeah. I I mean, I learned a a few things, Mills. And I think I I know I saw a ski resort uh, a couple years back, might have even been this one. So what I have fun with is like, I actually see the financials after, you know, that come after this. But uh, I think Mm -hmm. I learned a few things just from listening to you right there. So it is fascinating. The monetization streams. I think... I think I had recently, right before this episode, I'd been to this um, this private development down on the coast in South Carolina that got bought by a private equity firm. And I did like a deep dive into what makes it so attractive for a private equity firm to buy, you know, something like this as a financial buyer. And it's just how many numerous revenue streams there are. So I'd nerded yeah. out on it, you know, recently. I, I don't usually just keep all that in my head. That was great. Yeah, 100%. All right. So um, I think we'll we'll cut it down there. First of all, thank you both for being part of the show. Like, I look forward to doing every single one of these episodes. I have a ball doing them, and hopefully you guys do too. My, I've learned when we have fun, the audience is going to have fun. So that's first and foremost what matters. And it's been fun watching this journey over 200 episodes. I'm excited to do the next 200. And and thank you both for being part of it, uh, both as a guest and now as as co-host. So um, And full-time Mills from when you and I were like first talking about this and someday I'll meet you in person. I'm excited for that. 
<laughs> Let's just keep going. We'll see. We'll see how many episodes we can get Bill's, to. Before you we both may be AIs, and this is uh, Truman Show stuff going on for me, but we'll figure that out. Simulation. <laughs> yeah. But we were going to meet at SM Bash, but then I got COVID, and yeah. um, we'll, we'll find another time. Another time. And then I was in your backyard in Austin, and you wouldn't even come see me. Dude, it's 80 miles away. Might as well, you might as well be in Canada. Um, all right. So second thank you goes out to, obviously, Bill's not here today. Thank you to him. Thank you to our team that helps produce all this stuff. We have Ty and before that, Mirko, and then all the editing staff. Like, it's all super helpful. Uh, thank you to the sponsors, cloudbookkeeping.com, who's been huge for us. And then I think we we have Acquisition Lab. Acquisition Lab was the other sponsor for today. Thankful, thankful for for both of those. And then last thank you to you guys, the listeners. You know, we're doing 800,000 downloads a year now of this podcast and it's niche and crazy and not Joe Rogan and it's good and happy and, you know, positive. And I think all that's really good. Like that's the type of content I think we all want to put out. And so thank you. Tell your friends about it if you enjoy it. If you're learning something, definitely do that. And, um, you know, the more spread we can do this, uh, the happier and bigger impact we'll have, which is what we're trying to do. So. Uh, thanks to everybody involved and we'll click stop here and move on to the next one.